Hello and welcome to Functionally Fit. I'm Jen Rice and today I have a special guest who um, I think it's a topic that sometimes you know I may want to avoid even doing because it can be you know uncomfortable and there's a lot of emotional layers to it but I think that it's important uh, for both women and men to hear about uh, fertility and health and how our overall health connects to our ability to conceive. And um, I'm just really excited for her to be here today. She's gonna to be sharing her own personal story and journey through this, as well as um, just some you know, insight that may help you or someone you know uh, in the future who may uh, come into the same same issue. So welcome, Linda Stratton. Thank you for joining us from uh, overseas, right? Across yeah. the pond, yeah. I'm in um, Naples, Florida recording this and you're in... Amazing, I'm in the UK. I'm okay. near, yeah, I'm near Manchester, which I think most people have heard of because of like many United Man City football teams. <laughs> yes, yeah, wonderful. So yeah. Um, we're just really excited to have you here today and to share your... Um, you know, just your experience. I know um, when we were talking before recording, there are just, there could be a lot of issues around difficulties with conception. And I know you personally went through um, like burnout and um, fatigue and just all of these things in your late 30s. So if you could like walk us back to like when you first noticed, I know for me, when my, when my, I always say like my health hit me like a truck at like 45, but I think if I really looked back, it was probably creeping up slowly over time. It just seems so sudden when there's something pressing going on that um, alerts you, right? So did you, you had a similar experience, right? Yeah. So, so firstly, by the way, I can't believe that you're over 45. Um, but anyway, <laughs> just I know I just turned 49. It's like, oh my god, look, look at you look amazing. Uh, you. Yeah, so so in all honesty, my story really began. Um, so I'm 40 now, uh, about 21 years ago when I was 19. I went to university and I delivered. I dis um, developed an eating disorder. I developed anorexia nervosa which is a whole story in itself. But essentially I was very out of alignment. I was very unhappy with where my life was going. And anorexia is more likely to happen amongst like perfectionist types who feel their lives are out of control and they're trying to control a specific area. So for me, I was controlling everything that went in my mouth and how much exercise I was doing. And it was a way of having control in my life. Um, and I was anorexic for five years. And after anorexia, I then de developed bulimia in the sort of mm. in inverted commas recovery phase because I started eating, but then I wasn't keeping it down. And then I then developed orthorexia. So whilst, you know, from the outside, I was then eating more food and not overexercising as much. I was incredibly obsessive about what was going in my mouth, you know, and it always had to be healthy in inverted commas food. And as you will know, sometimes being overly healthy becomes very unhealthy because you yeah. start to exclude food groups that we really need. So it all started with the anorexia because once I'd had the anorexia, I never got my period back. So, mm. and I just assumed I'd made myself infertile from becoming anorexic. So I then... Was your weight loss, um, I mean, was, did you have like a significant weight loss too, or had you always been pretty lean or what is I, that? 
Yeah, so I'm I'm five foot eight and I was about 44 kilos um, and sort of stayed at that kind of weight for quite a long time. So yeah, I was very, very slender. Um, I don't know what it is in US sizes, but like a US two, I think it is, isn't oh, it? It's like, okay. a, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I was quite small. I was, I, I'm, I, I'm naturally quite a, a slim person anyway. So losing the weight, you know, went, you went quickly. Um, but yeah, so I didn't get my period back. Now there is a whole part to the story at this point when I wanted to help people with anorexia and I went and studied nutrition, become a dietitian and work with anorexia and long story short, I just wasn't healed. Once I started to do that, I just felt it was bringing up too much for me. Mm. Um, there was a risk it was going to cause me to go down that path again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so essentially I was kind of turned my back on the nutrition, but I, because I thought I was infertile, and as a protective mechanism, I guess, looking back at it all now, I kind of thought, well, if people think I'm infertile and if people think I really want kids and I can't have kids, they'll see me as a failure. So typical, like mm. high achiever perfectionist. Right. So then I, I create this identity that I was a career woman and I didn't want to have kids. I didn't have time for kids, you know, career, career, career. And that became my identity. That became my life. I loved it. I was a workaholic. I used to work 16 hour days, um, I used to work weekends. It had a whole load of challenges then with my relationship with my partner and, you know, my health and stuff. But this was my identity that I lived with for so long. And without going into that story too much, it was when I got to 36 that I really started to, I'd gone back to university to study nutrition again, because I'd originally gone um, when I was like 23. So I'd, I went back and I was in my second year at university studying nutritional therapy this time. So I did dietetics to start with. And um, which, and the nutritional therapy follows the functional medicine model, which I yes, know is what right. you're really into yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's like the whole body getting to the root cause and stuff. And as I learned more and more, I started to go, do you know what? <laughs> all of these signs and symptoms I've been living with all these years, they are really, you know, they are all healable. They're, they're all showing this, these root things going on. I wonder if it is possible that I could have a child after all. I wonder if I could bring my fertility back. And there were so many symptoms. I mean, I had everything. I'd had long-term anxiety and depression um long-term constipation you know I would go like once every couple of weeks it oh, was you know yeah totally normal that's... for me to go two weeks yeah right um um I used to get really bad migraines like shooting pains down behind my eye I was getting really terrible night sweats um like to the extent I had to get up and change in the night because I was absolutely drenched and mm. I was tired but wired you know typical that kind of typical adrenal picture yes. there were just so many symptoms and you know obviously I hadn't didn't have a cycle and I hadn't had a cycle for years and I'd ignored it for so long and I decided to learn it I thought oh, let me just let me just see what I can do about this and so long story short is within nine months I managed to bring my cycle back and did you work with a, um, was this self-taught or did you work with like a certain yeah, naturopath this, or doctors? This, or? No, this was, this was self because I was studying at the same time. Okay. So I was taking on everything I was learning. Um, and yeah, so I brought my cycle back after nine months. And then after I'd had three ovulatory cycles, we tried and we fell pregnant the first time we tried. Oh, uh, wow. And, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And this is just as I turned 37. Um, this was like then the start of my whole new life because once had, I had you had a... previously sorry to but had you previously mm. been considering IVF um no or... it wasn't even kids weren't even like I say I'd create this identity I didn't want kids mm. so they 
until I decided to see if I could fall pregnant, it I had my brain hadn't even gone that far. It was just, can I bring my cycle back? That's all I was thinking at the time. Yes. Because I'd lived with the identity of, I don't want kids. I'm a career girl. They're going to get away in the way of my success. I was kind of thinking for so long. It was, it was really ingrained in me. So it started with like, well, let's just see if I can become fertile. And then let's see, it was, it was going to be one of those, those sort of processes. And I did mean, you I just, see a, um, like, a a GYN, a gynecologist, um, had you had like exams and they were making sure you didn't have like, I don't know, something really worrisome going on. And they just then said, Oh, well, you're just thin and no, like an, so, an athlete or like, you know how they always yeah. say like, Oh, you're just athletic and thin or what, what, ha- did they have any opinion on what was no, So in all honesty, I did do around the time of the anorexia. And when I was coming out of it, I saw people then, um then I never got sent for further tests mm. and I had really I can't tell you how depressed I was I was really depressed and I was just kind of told you know probably a bit underweight maybe put a little bit of weight on <laughs> I didn't even get referred on no one like saw. Which, yeah to me it's yeah. like a failure of the system because really just because you're like I see this a lot happen though, too. And I've practiced allopathic, you know, conventional medicine for almost 17 years. And um, I feel like sometimes if it's not like a smoking, blazing fire of a problem, we kind of will be like, well, it won't kill you today. So, you know, it's okay. Um, And that's not always the best care, but it is, it's reactive care. So reactive care is very common in that you come in, you have like a really pressing problem and we fix it in regular medicine. But Mm. there's a lot of problems that are not mass critical, but they're smoldering and then can become something really not good. So that's where I think functional medicine, um, integrative therapies, um, nutrition help and, and all of this can be so helpful for people because your regular providers will sometimes either miss things based on time, based on acuity, based on um, just the way the system is set up, right? Yeah, we, it's so interesting. Now I do work with fertility, I sort of like, I will finish my story, but just to say here, now I do work with a lot of fertility clients myself. The amount of clients that come to me, you know, early thirties, they've been trying for over a year, you know, maybe two years, it's not successful. And they then get referred on to the fertility specialists and just straight away, they jump to IVF. And I had a client who came to me in May and she specifically said, I'm not going to put myself through IVF. If you can't fix me or if somebody else can't fix me, we will adopt, but I just don't want to put myself through it. And she, around the same time she came to me, she just got her referral to the fertility clinic. So I said, I'll go to that appointment because you know these are experts they'll do loads of tests on you and they can give information that'll help me so go for that go for that appointment and tell me what you get out of it you know share all your test results and she went and this is i'm not joking this is her first appointment hadn't even got test results back 32 and they she had a conversation with them and they said yeah we're going to do some tests and they said what's my next step and he said i need you to do ivf as soon as possible because nothing's happening and she was like well you haven't even seen my test results yet and he was like, no, I need to get you into IVF soon. So she then came to the next point with me, like, you know, crying, like he'd knocked her confidence. You know, she convinced herself it was all going to happen naturally and blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, 
I asked her to stop trying for three months. There were some obvious things going on for me. There was quite a lot of stress, so adrenal stuff, um, candida overgrowth, she's getting recurrent thrush. Now we know over the last few years, more and more research is coming through around the vaginal microbiome environment and fertility and the link between the vaginal microbiome, fallopian tube, endometrium, like it's all kind of linked. So I was like, I needed to do an anti-candida diet. We did that, cleared her up, worked on, you know, progesterone production, because that was quite low. Anyway, we did it all within three months. She'd fallen pregnant naturally wow. after having no success. And, and, and so that is an example of, yeah, it's kind of, whilst I kind of got ignored all those years ago, you do kind of get the other extreme where you get pushed straight into the medical route as well now. And I feel like people are starting to think, and it's a whole subject in itself, people are starting to believe their only option is IVF. Is, and, well, and there's a lot actually... of financial, um, and this is not, I, you know, I know I have friends and colleagues and whatever that are very upstanding people and would never push something financially on. But if we're being really transparent, it's normally a cash pay service, right? Not always covered very well by cert, by some yeah. insurances, maybe, but I do hear of people incurring debt from these treatments. Oh, yeah. um, very concerned. There's a lot of pressure to conceive because you've spent um, however many tens of thousands of dollars. Oh my gosh, that it's not taking. There's this whole like, oh, if it doesn't take this time, I'm not sure we can afford another cycle. And I'm thinking, yes. what is going on? Yeah, That's people are spending stress. more more than the house deposit I put down in my house. Do you know what I mean? Just on their IVF. Um, but we'll okay. come back yeah. to that. Yeah, I, yeah. I will, yeah, I will just say, yeah, so... So I felt pregnant naturally. And this kind of basically changed the direction of my life because I was very happy in my career, but it, it was very demanding. It was really long hours. And as soon as I had my little boy, and so I was like nearly 38 as I had him. And I just looked at life completely differently. And I just thought, you know, I've left it this late in my life and I've had a really great career and I had money behind me so I could take some time off. I thought this is the time if I'm ever going to do it to switch careers and become a nutritional therapist for full time. So I essentially then basically, you know, became a full time mum whilst launching my career um, over a couple of years. And then we decided to try for our second one. And there's another story there because I actually did some functional testing at the back end of last year just to see where everything was. Um, I found out I had high oxidative stress, um, a few nutrient deficiencies, low estrogen. I mean, there was lots of stuff going on. I'd chronically sleep deprived and stressed for two years. So I did. I then did some more work to get my health in a good place because for anyone listening who doesn't know, oxidative stress damages our eggs. And so obviously I was a little bit older. So the likelihood of me trying at that stage with the high oxidative stress, although obviously I don't know for sure, but potentially my eggs would be more likely to have had chromosomal abnormalities um, being damaged by the oxidative stress. And then I, uh, and that's one of the, I mean, it's thought that 50% of early miscarriages are due to chromosomal abnormalities in the egg or sperm, mm. because the body kind of recognizes that, that that embryo may not survive in the outside world because there's these chromosomal abnormalities. So it, it lets it go, like lovingly lets it go. It's what I always say to my clients, like it's not doing anything to punish you. It, it doesn't hate you. It's just like, oh, I just don't think it's going to survive. So we're going to let it go before it gets too far. Um, and I kind of suspected because obviously working in fertility at that point, I, yeah, so I did some work and, but then we fell, fell pregnant again, just for my 40th. So I'm now 40 and 35 weeks pregnant. <laughs> and, um, 
yeah just so grateful yeah Yeah, Yeah. so grateful so now a lot of the people I do work with you know I work with people across all different ages but I do attract in a lot of women in their late 30s and early 40s because they I've just given them that hope that things can be done naturally and by the way I'm not saying that you know everyone is going to do it naturally some people may need things like IVF and it's amazing that it exists yeah but what I would always say and I'm sure you'll agree Jen is we need to get to the challenges underneath the root causes of if we are having continued rounds of IVF failing what is the imbalance in the body that's causing that failure why won't it hang on to that embryo you know is it that the egg quality isn't good enough to start with so we need to work on egg quality is it the you know the hormonal imbalances there whatever it is so I like to say I'll help everyone fall pregnant naturally, but you know, we also, I'm here, I'm here for the IVF if people need it. Yes. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes sense. And I think what can happen with this too, the whole other layer of, um, something's wrong with me. This works for some people. Most people get this done. I've spent this money. Something's wrong with me. I can't, get you know and, and it can take you a, a way of like like self-deprecating mode where you're just um and self-loathing and i think that what you do and what i hope that anyone listening would get from this this um interview too is that you have the power to make positive changes you're not like stuck in a certain place there's nothing like like quote unquote wrong with you, things just um, happen in the body. It's sort of like how some people struggle with back pain and some people, um, you know, get have had migraines and, and, and a lot of these things can be improved with lowering, you know, certain inflammation, changing a few habits here and there. And it's, um, if we want to empower people to take an active role versus like, well, I went to this doctor, I got my IVF, it didn't take, it didn't take, there's something wrong with me. And and it's like a bad spiral that I think can happen with a lot of different um, interventions. But specifically, I would think getting pregnant would be tapped with lots of emotion. So Um, much. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's what people, people get to that stage. You know, I had someone come to me, she's been trying since 2017. And it's just like, constantly looking around, why is everyone else falling pregnant? And I'm not. Um, I've had someone else who's been trying for 12 years, you know, some of these people are on really long journeys. But what I say is, again, I'm sure you agree, is it's no, it's not your fault. The modern world just is not set up for fertility because of the ah. amount of ho- hormone endocrine disruptors in our environment, you know, the air pollution, like I say, all the things that impact our, you know, gut health, our vaginal microbiome, you know, all of these different factors, our egg health, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> so with egg health, so if anyone doesn't know about fertility, I will explain, because I always assume people know things and, you know, um, wrongly, because if people aren't on this journey, they probably don't realize, but we're born with all the eggs we're ever gonna have but they're not constantly getting damaged. Most of the damage that happens to an egg is in the three months as it matures. So it starts, it matures over a three month period and then it's ovulated. And then obviously that's fertilized and that becomes the embryo baby. So it's that three months before ovulation when you can make such an impact to your egg health. And it's like I say, it's the healthy eggs um, are more likely to be successful pregnancies. So in my opinion, and certainly in my case, and I wasn't ovulating at the time, but 
I, I think people can have healthier eggs in their 40s than they did in their 20s. If they're living a really healthy lifestyle in the 40s, but in their 20s, they were, you know, out partying, drinking, having the fast food diet, you know, covering yeah. themselves in toxic chemicals all the time. And then, and now they've transitioned to a natural home and they're eating really well and all those different things, low inflammation, like you say. So it, it's just the modern world isn't set up for women's health full stop, let alone fertility, to be fair. And then, which is why things like endometriosis and PCOS and everything's on the rise because yeah. it's just not it's just not set up for us. So, you know, you are not doing anything wrong if you if you're struggling, and there are ways to fix things naturally, um, without always going down that kind of IVF route. If you're willing to give yourself three months, I always say give yourself three months. Don't try for three months. Give yourself three months to work on your health, bring all the different body systems into alignment. And then try again. And if it doesn't work, then yeah, go for it, go IVF. But it's just so many people I work with that felt that IVF is their only option. It hasn't worked. Then they come to me and they just end up falling pregnant naturally. Once we start to heal the underlying causes, which, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love it. So you do have a, um, you know, we want to be able to have people connect with you more so they want to have, uh, you know, more information. They could definitely, I know we talked about your Instagram that we'll put in the show notes that they can direct message you, but also they can do a 10, 10 week fertility program. Um, we're off, you're offering a special, uh, discount for any of our listeners. So that's really yeah. wonderful. And, um, we'll put all of that in the show notes, but I would love to, I mean, obviously we could go on and on all, all day. Um, but I think that we've given, people a good um because I feel like what you offer too and and how it's kind of come about has just been kind of a natural progression in your life and maybe always call it almost like a soul mission where you know sometimes yeah. we go through the things we're supposed to go through um in order to be able to serve other people 100%. in that way yeah so yeah. I look at like my journey into functional medicine or even functional wellness um you know, I kind of had to be dragged into it by like my hair because I just wasn't well, but I wasn't, yeah. I was also very much still in belief that, you know, there was a pill for every ill and that um, you could just fix everybody right up. And I really underestimated the power of uh, self-healing, which is yeah. definitely what you're, um, you know, you're helping people to do. And I think that we need more of that. It's, it, it also comes down to, I know that there's a little bit of pushback from people. There was definitely pushback from me initially and skepticism because we sometimes want to remove ourselves from this, um, I'm going to just call it responsibility of mm. our own um, quote unquote destiny. And yes, things happen and, and, and not everyone can, you can't control everything about your health, but you can definitely do things and make choices that that are helpful along the way um, and can really improve things. And it would make sense to me that you could reverse things like fertility issues, um, problems yes. with your, you know, your the way your hormones work for sure. Yeah. Um, all of that. So I, I just so appreciate you being here today. But before we kind of close up, I was hoping you could offer, I know we're coming into kind of like the busy season um, at the time of this recording, it's um, getting close to uh, the end of October, 2021. And um, it's been a rough, almost couple of years of 
COVID-19 and a lot of issues through that and different stresses that I don't think we've fully realized or will realize till down the road. Um, mm. But as we come into kind of the holiday season, um, could you offer just like the top couple tips of how you maybe help people to sort of not get too wrapped into the, the stress of the, of the time of year and um, kind of help to settle their bodies enough to really do the work of healing? Yeah, I, I can't believe we're coming into holiday season already. That's like, that's crazy. Yeah. Do you do what, if you don't mind, Jay, can I just say something about yeah, the course yeah, quickly before yeah, I answer that? Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. and it ties in really well because I was gonna say, so the reason I launched the program, I launched the program initially a year ago. And the reason why is because I wasn't able to serve as many clients as I wanted to, but I started to realize I was following this kind of formula with all my different clients. Everybody's root cause of fertility is different but there's these key themes that we need to look at. So it's, this is why it's tended to this 10 week program because we look at different body systems that impact our fertility. So each week we're looking at a different one and that's everything from, you know, like, like you say, just hormonal balance, gut health, detoxification, et cetera. But something I have in there is a week all about mindset because I really believe that, because uh, I'm also a mindset coach as well as a nutritional therapist. I believe we, we store um, beliefs in our body that our body then uses in our subconscious because it thinks it's keeping us safe. Mm. And I find a lot of people on the fertility journeys have these like hidden beliefs. I had them. I thought when I did this work, I discovered I thought I was going to die in childhood, uh, childbirth, sorry. So it's not surprising my body didn't want to be fertile because it didn't, it thought I was <laughs> right. going to die if I gave birth, right? Right. Yeah. And there's loads more to it. But yeah, so um, the, the course has like mindset stuff as well. And it looks at like beliefs around fertility, pregnancy, birth, or becoming a mother itself. You know, that that fear of, you know, again, in my case, I'm a career girl. I work really long hours. I won't be there for the child. The child will end up hating me. We'll have a really bad relationship and I'll regret ever having it. You know, like that was a real right. belief. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's a mind, body, soul thing. And that's that. So that's that program. It's a 10 week program. But I have that kind of same belief in everything we do that you just you can't fix everything with nutrition we want to be looking at mind body soul mm. and you know one of the things that comes up with the holiday season um and take this if you resonate with it and, and leave it if you don't but is is that need to like give and focus on other people all the time and then you can kind of start to basically burn yourself out in the process because you're trying to carry on with like normal life but then you're trying to be this perfect, I don't know, mum or wife, sister, whoever it is, and, you know, colleague at work, buy all the presents, get everything right. And we put all this pressure on ourselves. So one of the things I would always do is make sure you're creating time and space for yourself each day to journal. Anything that's come, any anxieties that are coming up for you, any like stresses, like journaling was massive for me to start to get stuff out of my head. And if you're acting a certain way um, out of fear of, being rejected by people if you don't get it right or you know loved or whatever it is make sure you're kind of working out what's that root cause what's the root cause of why i'm behaving this way why am i pushing myself so hard why do i think that you know my brother's never going to speak to me again if i don't get him the right present whatever it is anyway so so the mind part is like really important and then yeah and then just in terms of from a nutrition perspective you know a be kind to yourself you know ex anorexic here i do not do restriction um, I always say to someone, if you want to live on salads and green smoothies, don't come work with me because I'll never tell you to do that. <laughs> right. um, you know, I'm like everything in moderation. Yeah. But, you know, focus, you know, 
focus on getting your breakfast in. I'm sure Jen's talked about loads, you know, your healthy protein, your healthy fats, your fiber in each meal. You know, you can have really delicious, yummy holiday food and still have those basic principles. Nice. Um, right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I could go on, but I don't know how many tips you want. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I think that's wonderful. And I, I think that the holidays, um, well, should be extra, I think maybe what the last two years have hopefully taught us is that um, to take more, um, just to be thankful for the, the simple connections and being able mm. to see and connect with people when that wasn't really that great the last few years. And, uh, you know, may, maybe trying to simplify in general yeah. and not be so hard on ourselves because I do think yeah. as uh, you know women uh, I mean men do this too but women too we tend to put everything else all together like you said and put ourselves lower Last. on the list yeah so I love the idea of like like you say scheduling in a time to just kind of be you can journal um definitely planning your foods is always a great idea mm. so you're not kind of scrambling to figure out what to eat or what not to eat or whatever it might be. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. So I'm actually looking forward to these holidays. I think, um, you know, for, for simple reasons, being able to get together in groups, it will be nice. Yeah. Um, we didn't really do any holiday parties last year um, here in the United States, uh, probably not a lot of places, right? And so, you know, there will at least be uh, the ability. I think a lot of the events are outside here because it is warmer. So maybe we have a leg up. I know some other places may not be doing as much if they have to be inside, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I so appreciate you, um, you know, coming on and, and really, you know, kind of vulnerably sharing your story because you've been through a lot. And I, I think though that, that that was maybe to put you also hopefully to be able to help other people from this perspective that, that no one else really could so yeah um, I really yeah. believe that yeah and look yeah. at you and you're about to like I'm bouncing here. yeah I'm on a ball <laughs> you're on the ball good I okay. know I'm trying to get him in a good position for birth yeah well I'd love to have you back and maybe we can talk a little bit more about um you know just some of the key uh maybe focus on one of the key concepts that you um talk about and maybe you'll have like the little one with you during the podcast yeah, on so the babe yep exactly <laughs> thanks so much for being here we really appreciate thank it thank you so much jen for having me